0: Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. For the past uh, several weeks, we have been looking at the end time events, the seven end time events. This morning, we're going to look at Jesus' glorious returning to earth. I've been so excited looking forward to this. We spent a couple weeks looking at the tribulation and the Antichrist on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays, and I had just about enough of talking about the Antichrist. And so now we're going to talk about Jesus Christ. Uh, We know that during the tribulation, the church has been removed, and all that's left during the tribulation was what was already here to start with. Do you see that? The church is going to be removed, and so what's left? All of the sin and all of the evil that's already in our world today. All of the hatred, all of the death, all of the murder, abortion, injustice, sex trafficking, lawlessness, looting, and the list could go on uh, to infinity. All that is going to be left here during the tribulation. Thankfully, he has not destined us for wrath. We're going to be removed at the rapture. During this tribulation period, it will be led by the Antichrist, who was the vilest, most evil man ever to walk on the face of the earth. And we've talked about this over the past couple of weeks. He's empowered by Satan himself. He presents himself one way and turns out to be something completely different. And so he's going to lead. Millions will die during the tribulation. Millions will be worshiping the Antichrist and the dragon. Millions will willingly worship him. Millions will receive the mark of the beast willingly and headed for destruction. And all of that time, because whatever you worship, you will hate something else. You see how that works? We are to love God and hate what is evil. You see how that works? Well, they're going to love the Antichrist... And therefore, they're going to hate the true God. That's why in Revelation chapter 6, when the wrath of the Lamb is coming upon them, they'd rather pray to the mountains and the rocks than pray to the true God. All along, the Antichrist and the false prophet will be blaspheming the true God. We'll put it very simply. they'll, They'll be blaming God for everything, but without looking to God for grace and for mercy and pointing people to the wrong power. Do you see? All of this is going to be going on during the tribulation because all of this is going on now. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world now. The hatred towards God, the hatred towards believers, the hatred towards the church is already happening now. It's just going to be intensified a million times over. Millions will die. Millions will worship the devil and the Antichrist willingly. Those who do become Christians during the tribulation, yes, there will be many people saved during the tribulation, but they will be hunted by the government, turned in by their neighbors, and their neighbors are thinking they're doing what's good, and that many will die a martyr's death. Here's the good news. Are you ready? Evil has an expiration date. Hallelujah. Evil has has an expiration date, that it's not going to last forever. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, 11 through 16. If you're ever having a difficult day, just turn to this passage. Just turn to this passage and be encouraged that evil has an expiration date. I saw heaven standing open. God was revealing to John heaven, and it was standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and what? True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are what? Many crowns and he has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. And the armies, verse 14, of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with an iron scepter, He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Evil has an expiration date. Well, let's unpack these verses here this morning. Again, I'm going to move uh, rather quickly through them. If you would like the notes, they are available. They're unedited. Uh, but you can, you can receive them. Just email us at godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. Godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. So uh, there's a white horse. Now, the white horse is a symbol of war. It's a symbol of war. Jesus is going to appear this time as a warrior. When he came to earth the last time, he came for what purpose? He came to die. And what was he riding on? Hello. What was he riding on when he came to Jerusalem the first time? A donkey. What's he riding when he comes this time? You see the difference? One, he came to die. Now he's coming to rule and to reign. And he needed to die. Why? Could Jesus have come to earth at any time and ruled and reigned? Yes. Why did he come to die? For you and me. (laughs) He could have ridden to earth on a white horse at any time, and completely destroyed evil, and destroyed all of us as well, because none of us are righteous, no not, no, not one, for all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? All of us. All of us. People sometimes ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? That's the wrong question, because there are no good people other than Jesus, and they crucified him. See? We're putting ourselves in a category that we don't belong when we say we're good people. We're not. There are none that are good by God's standards. We might be good in the world's standards, but not by God's holiness. And so he could have come at any time and completely wiped out evil, which would have wiped all of us out. He came the first time to die for you and for me. Boy, isn't that good news, that we've already received his deliverance It just hasn't been finalized yet. It's a down payment, but the culmination is coming. He comes riding on a white horse. He comes as a warrior this time in power and in majesty, and he is faithful and true. He's faithful to the Father's plan all the way to the cross. Again, God had a plan. It says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth. Before time existed, God's plan was in operation because God knew that man was going to sin but he had a plan to save humanity. Did he have to save humanity? No, he didn't. Did he have to save you? No. Because when, when you were saved, what did you offer God? Brokenness, envy, strife, anger, bitterness, sin, all of this. That's what we offered God. We offered nothing that he needed. He saved us by his grace. By his grace and by his love. He's faithful to the, fa- to the Father all the way to the cross. He's true. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? I'm going to joke about this a little bit. You know how I feel about politics, uh, which is not, not much. But wouldn't it be something if the political ads we saw were faithful and true? <laughs> you see how funny that is? Yeah. What if we looked at our own lives in a mirror? and wondered if we were always faithful and true, you see? But there is one, there's only one that's faithful and true, and his name is Jesus. And the word true means he's reliable. The word true means he's genuine. There's nothing fake about Jesus. He's the real thing. One commentator said this, I like it, there's nothing in a press conference that can be brought out against Jesus. Even when they tried him the first time illegally, they had to make up stories, right? They still couldn't find anything. Even Pilate said, I, there's no fault in him. He's faithful and he's true. Therefore, he is the one that's worthy, capable, and able to judge the world. What does he come to do? To judge. He judges because he is faithful and true. Because he's able to judge righteously, he's able to make the right decision every time. That's why he's worthy, and that's why he's able to be the judge. He's also come to make war. Come to make war. You know, people say Jesus was the unifier. He was anything but a unifier. Jesus is the great divider. He divides the believers from the unbelievers. He divides the sheep from the goats. You either accept him or you don't. You either believe or you don't. He draws the line, and you decide which side of that you're going to fall on. Jesus unifies believers, but he does not unify all mankind. He said to his disciples, they hate me, and they're going to hate you, and here's why they'll hate you. And it says this in John chapter 15, because of my name. Have we seen this at all in our day, in our society? A country that was founded on different principles and now we can't even use the name of Jesus? Be different if he didn't give us free will? They would. And sometime we'll talk about that. Yeah, but he is the name above all names. The name of Jesus. He is faithful and he is true and he's come to make war. The next part of the passage gives us the reasons he will win. If you're following along uh, in here, we're in verses 11 through about 13. His eyes are like blazing what? Fire. They're bright and pure. They're penetrating and purifying. He doesn't look at us, but he looks through us. See, nothing can be hidden from him. Jesus misses nothing. I like this phrase. You, you've heard it. No one can pull the wool over Jesus' eyes. Do you know some people, they're good at, at, at pulling the wool over other people's eyes? They're manipulators and, and all of that. Don't, don't like, name them, but, but we all know them. No one can fool Jesus. No one can trick Jesus because his eyes are of blazing fire. And when he judges, he will be right. Because he sees right through. He sees right through his enemies, and they will be destroyed because of their own evil desires. Next, on his head are many crowns. Crowns represent victory. We know that the dragon had seven crowns. The beast had ten crowns. But Jesus has, what, what's the definer there? Many. In, in a sense, it has, he has more crowns than what can be named. Yes, Satan has authority and some power. Yes, the Antichrist has some authority and some power. But Jesus has all power and all authority. And on his head are so many crowns that it can't be numbered. When Jesus comes for this battle, he comes having won many victories. And can I remind you of what some of those victories were? Those victories were for Randy Sabella. Those victories were for Dory Sabella. Those victories were for... Ray Sheets, Sarah Sheets, and put your name in there. Billions of people, Jesus has won the victory in our lives, and those crowns will represent all of his victories. He has a name that no one knows but him. And why does he have a name that no one knows but him? Does anybody know? Well, because he doesn't want us to know. You are not, listen you are not going to make it as a believer if you can't reconcile that there are some things you just don't know because there's a lot of things I don't know I don't know more now than before like the older I get and the more years of experience that I have the less I know do you understand what I'm saying? But what's happened is I I stopped trying to figure out all of the things I don't know and focus on who I do know and what he's done in my life and what he's done in other lives. And so I don't worry about what I don't know. I don't worry about what I don't understand in Revelation. I don't worry about what I don't understand in Scripture because I know someone that does know and that's all I need to know. You've heard me say that often. I don't know, but I know someone that knows, and that's all I need to know. His plan is complete, and it will be carried out. He has a name that no one knows. Here's an interesting thought. In ancient times, that uh, people felt that they could control you if they knew your name. When my mom wanted my attention, she called me by my full name, Randy Allen Sabella. I still get chills when I hear that. Something had gone wrong in the house, and I got Randy Allen Sabella. Many of you know this story. I'm going to tell it again. I was twirling the basketball on my finger, and I had become pretty proficient in it in that I could switch fingers. I can't do it anymore, but I could switch fingers. I had this great idea. Let me try to bounce it off my knee, catch it, and keep it spinning. That's a good idea for outside It's not a good idea in my mom's living room. How many know the ball never bounces the way you want it to when it's spinning and you hit it off your knee? It went over and hit one of my mom's figurines and broke the head off. Here's how smart I am. I put it on, but never went back and glued it. So my mom's dusting one day, and I hear what? Randy, Alan, Sabella... And the problem was, all my brothers were grown and out of the house. And she was pretty sure my dad didn't do it. (laughs) So it narrowed it down to to the culprit. Do you know that many years later, and I want to bring it out sometime on the communion, she sent me that little figurine, and I have it in my office because it reminds me of God's forgiveness and my mom's forgiveness, that she considered relationship with her son more important than the sin Isn't that interesting? Doesn't God take us, well, I don't want to preach in this, but doesn't God take us broken, and he mends us and heals us because relationship is more important than our sin? That's good news. But anyway, okay, so she calls Randy Allen Sabella. She got my attention, and she had authority over me. But watch this. Jesus has a name that no one knows because no one can control Jesus. (laughs) No one can control him. We know 600 names of Jesus in the Bible, but he has more names than that. He has names that no one knows because no one can control him. No one is in charge of Jesus. He's above all and over all. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, he's called faithful and true. He's called the Word. He's called many different things, 600 names. But there's a name on that day when he comes to set things straight. There's a name that no one knows because no one can control Jesus. Isn't that good? He's dressed in a robe, drip, dipped in what? What does that remind us of? His death. His death. He died. He is worthy, again I think it's in Revelation chapter 6, he's the only one worthy in heaven and on earth and under the earth to unravel God's plan to open the seals, he's the only one worthy, why? It says it in there, because he was slain, because he willingly laid down his life as the Lamb of God, he's the only one worthy, And so when he comes back, even the robe he wears has been dipped in blood as a reminder that he won the victory on the cross. And now he's coming not to die, but as a conquering warrior hero that's going to put an end to evil because evil has an expiration date. What is the names that we do know of him in this passage? He's the word of God, the logos of God. John 1.1, in the beginning was the, does anybody know it? The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word, what? Was God. That's Jesus. Jesus is God's ultimate communication between God and humanity. Do you want to know what God the Father's like? Then look at Jesus. Do you want to know what God the Father says? Then what does Jesus say? He's the ultimate communication. He is the Word of God. John 1.3 says, through Him all things were made. Without him, nothing that was made that has been made. Jesus wins because he's the creator of the universe. How much, I don't know the answer to this and you can speculate on it, but how much of the mess that our country's gotten into when we started believing that evolution, atheistic evolution, was true? Can't you see the enemy behind that? Because If there's a creator, then we're accountable to the creator and the creator's in charge. And so if you take out a creator, then we can do whatever we want. How's that working for us as a nation? And then all of the mess from the sexual revolution in the 60s to, uh, you know, the unholy trinity of sex, drugs, and rock and roll all the way through it to what's going on in our world today that we wouldn't even talk about publicly How much of it begins there? And why do you think Paul would always go back to creation? Jesus would go back to the creation. Why do you think all of the Holy Scripture begins with, in the beginning, God created? And why do you think the enemy is so much against that? I think partially, atheistic evolution has led us away from God. But through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. I don't know if I preached on uh, Noah's Ark. I keep wanting to say Moses, and I know that's not right. Noah's Ark, but I was preaching on that at some point. And when I looked to find a meme that I used for the online service, I could not believe how vile and how angry people were. I just don't live in that realm, I guess. And they had just some vicious, vicious memes about Noah's Ark and, and all that went along with that. So I was doing some reading on it, and and do you believe that uh, Noah? Well, yeah. I believe Noah was real, the ark was real, and and there was a real flood. You believe that everything came from nothing. If you can believe that everything, the complexity and the design of everything came from nothing, then I certainly believe in God the creator that came to earth, died for my sins, rose from the dead on the third day, ascended to heaven, but is coming back again real soon. I don't apologize for any of my beliefs. I don't apologize to anyone for believing that Jesus is who he says he is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, church of Jesus Christ, in these days we know that evil is there. Oh, church of Jesus Christ, we need to be the church and lift up the name of Jesus. Because even in our country now, there are many people that have never heard about the grace of God. They've only heard the other side and they hate a God that they don't even know. If you ask them what they think about God, and they tell you, we could probably say, well, I don't th- that's not the God that I serve. They've never heard of the God of grace. Oh, church, that we could be the church. All right. All right, where was I? It's better online because I'm a little more focused because I don't have as much time. Okay, so what, since he's the creator, what political power can defeat Jesus? What economic power? What military power? What spiritual power can defeat Jesus? Can the dragon? No. Can the antichrist? No. Can the false prophet? No. Because no one is Jesus's equal. Evil is bad. We see it all around us, but evil is no match for the word of God. Evil has an expiration date. Verse 14, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on a white horse and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Who's with Jesus? We are. The armies of heaven riding with him. We are the recipients of his victory. We're not going to win victory, victory has already been won which I'll get to. What are we wearing? We're not dressed in military uniforms. Instead, we're dressed in fine linen, white and clean, purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And out of his mouth, verse 15, comes a sharp sword, which with the strike down the nations. Have you heard of the battle of Armageddon? Do you know that's a misnomer, right? They might gather in Armageddon, but there's no battle that all of the nations of the world will gather to defeat God. Now, they will think that they're able to defeat God. I don't get this because they've been deluded by satanic forces. But the nations of the world will, in a sense, gather at Armageddon to fight against Jesus. But there'll be no battle. Because when Jesus appears riding on a white horse with a name written on him, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, there'll be no battle because he'll speak the word and evil will be vanished because evil has an expiration date. And the expiration date is when Jesus comes and speaks the word and all evil is gone. How we look forward to that day. This sharp sword is used to strike down the nations from the word of his mouth. How will he rule with an iron scepter? Better translated, he will shepherd the nations with a rod that cannot be broken. He will shepherd the nations with a rod that cannot be broken. And in the last verse, on his robe and on his thigh, he has written the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every king has a king except Jesus. Every lord has a lord except Jesus. Jesus is over every lord. He's over every president. He's over every premier. He's over every prime minister. He's over every mayor. He's over every congressman. And he's over every senator. Daryl Johnson says, One may not be able to use the name of Jesus in the United States Capitol or in the public classroom, but that does not change the reality. Jesus is still king over the capital. And Jesus is still Lord over the classroom. The only issue is whether or not we will face reality and surrender to him. There is coming a day when every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is King of Kings, and He is Lord of Lords. There's a great gospel song called The King is Coming. I'm not going to sing it, but I want to read the words to you as we close. Written by Bill Gaither many, many years ago, still relevant today. Oh, the King is coming, the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now His face I see. Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. And I'll add to my apologies to Bill Gaither. He's coming for me and he's coming with me. Happy faces line the hallways. Those whose names have been redeemed. Broken homes he has mended. Those from prison he has freed. Little children and the aged. Hand in hand stand all aglow who were crippled, broken, and ruined. Now they're clad in garments white as snow. Oh, the king is coming. That's the good news. Evil has an expiration date because the king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sound, and now his face I see. Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. I love this part. Because I can, I can feel it. I can hear the chariots rumble. Do you know the earthquake that's going to happen when Jesus appears is going to be greater than anything humanity has ever seen? Do you know that even those that pierced him will recognize that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords? That doesn't mean that they'll willingly bow their knee, but they will bow their knee. I can hear the chariots rumble. I can, I can see the marching throng, the flurry of god's trumpets spells the end of sin and wrong regal robes are now unfolding heaven's grandstand is all in place heaven's choir is now assembled and they're singing does anybody know amazing grace oh the king is coming that should be the cry of the church not oh the president's coming Oh, I'm voting for this one. Oh, I'm voting for that one. And if you don't vote for this one, then you're whatever. That's not the message of the church. The message of the church is the king is coming. The king, the king of kings and the lord of lords is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. Hallelujah. And now his face I see. Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming for me. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.